Hi, this is Ron Darling with SNY TV. Um, you know me from covering the Mets, and uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. I had a great time. I hope you do, too. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. This is Len and Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Hope everybody had a great week out there. And congratulations, congratulations to Pete Alonzo on winning the 2019 National League Rookie of the Year Award. Very deservedly so. Uh, Great award and just a fantastic season, and he's a good kid. And I thought that this would be the perfect time to re-release my interview with then Peter Alonzo. (laughs) Yeah, he wanted to be called Pete now. But at one time, he was Peter. So it's Peter Alonzo. But it's the same guy. It's an interview I did with him in December of 2017 when he was still in the minor leagues. So sit back and enjoy my interview, this special encore edition of the Pete Alonzo interview. I'm joined tonight by the Mets second round draft pick in the 2016 draft, Peter Alonzo. And Peter, welcome to Mets Musings. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you on. And uh, Peter, you had quite a whirlwind two years. You uh, literally stepped off the campus of the University of Florida and right into uh, professional uh, baseball with the Brooklyn Cyclones, spent the time there and uh, had an interesting second season. Uh, tell us a little about your experience so far. Well, um, I mean, professional baseball is, is a dream job for me. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, growing up as a kid, like, I mean, um, my mom, she, uh, she's just, you can ask her, like, my first word was ball. Uh, <laughs> like, it's the first word that came out of my mouth. I mean, I just, it's like growing up as a kid, I, I didn't want to be a businessman. I didn't want to be a doctor. I just wanted to be a baseball player. So right now I'm just living, I'm living the dream right now. And, and, and I, I'm working hard every day to, to, um, get another part, uh, complete another part of my dream, which is to make it to the big leagues, uh, getting drafted and, and playing professional baseball is, is a huge part of, the journey to that so I'm, I'm not done um obviously and i'm just gonna uh keep working and just be the best player i can possibly be in in all aspects 
Now you're a Florida kid, uh, born and raised, and uh, went to the University uh-huh. of Florida. And uh, who did you root for as as a kid? As a kid, oh Jesus, um, I rooted for um, both. My parents are from Lancaster, Ohio. Um, so I mean, I rooted for the uh, the Buckeyes growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I was kind of brainwashed because I have like all my fam, <laughs> both my grandparents are from uh Lancaster my parents are high school sweethearts and that's that's scarlet and gray up up there <laughs> and and what was your favorite baseball team as a kid um I mean growing up as a Tampa kid like I always went to the Rays games mm-hmm. um I wasn't necessarily I didn't have a, a favorite team but I went to a lot of Yankees spring training games because it's conveniently like uh, 15 minutes away uh, from my house and then trop is 30 minutes away so I got to see um, I got to see some great baseball uh, growing up um, I remember like watching the 08 uh, World Series one from the Rays like that was great baseball and then obviously seeing uh, the uh, great players such as uh, the Yankee uh, like back when the Yankees were had all the all the dudes like Bernie Williams, like Andy Pettit, Derek Jeter, A-Rod, um, Mo, like just, I mean, it's, I mean, it was just, Tampa's just such a great baseball town where there's like a, a lot of uh, like very high quality players and uh, like just in the area where you can go see a big league game. So I was just, I, I just wanted to immerse myself in the game because I just loved it. So you you uh, played in high school. You go to college. You get mm-hmm. drafted. You go to Brooklyn. Um, take us a little bit about that draft pick that night. How was it? Uh, were you on the edge of your seat when waiting for your yeah. name to be called? <laughs> uh, all your buddies kidding you. How did that work out? Well, uh, there was a there was a draft party going on in Gainesville. Um, like because we had a we had a couple guys uh, that were supposed to get drafted on the like on the first day, like AJ Puck, Buddy Reed, Logan Shore, like, um, like just high quality guys, high quality athletes. Um, and then for me, I, I didn't know if I was going to go on the first day or not. I was, it, it was just kind of like up in the air. And, um, and then, so I decided to, uh, to go home and, and there was, there was a really good chance, um, with the Mets being on the scout, um, John Seager, John, no, not John Cedarberg, John Updike, excuse me, uh, John Updike. He, he told me in his meeting, he's just like, you know what, Pete, like we're going to try and keep you in the orange and blue, um, in my scout meeting, uh, later on in May. And, and I'm, I'm really happy because I, I'm just like, this is like the Mets are, are just, and it's a fantastic organization. Like it's, it's me. Like, and I mean, they've like, they have great staff, like, uh, great front office and they've they've treated me very well and, and they're extremely pro- professional so I, I can't like they, they've treated me amazing so it's I think it's the the best possible fit for me and I, I and back I'm sorry I'm going on a tangent but no. back to the, the draft <laughs> okay. so it was just me my brother my mom my dad and, and my girlfriend and um, we we're watching it and as the um, as the first round ended and it went in the supplemental round uh my agent he's just like all right well um the mets want you but there's only one other position player on the board and that's chris oakey the catcher from clemson mm-hmm. and he was their second second round pick and he's just like all right chris oakey needs to go 
uh, off the board, and um, and then the Mets will take you if um, if Oki's gone. And then a couple minutes later, or like legit two seconds later, um, the second pick of the second round came up, and it was the Cincinnati Reds. They picked Christopher Oki out of Clemson University. I went nuts. <laughs> like I went, I went absolutely berserk. And then um, my agent, he's just like, all right. He, get, he gives me, he's like, all right, you saw that Oki was taken. Like we're going to like, like the Mets are, you're locked in. And then I don't know how many picks were after that, but it was, I mean, they're kind of down there. So I was kind of like freaking out. Like, just like, is it going to happen? Like, just like the anticipation I was getting extremely antsy. And I mean, I, it was, it was a surreal moment that I got to share with, with my family. And I, I, it was an extremely memorable and, and fantastic day. I, I, I mean, that's definitely one of the, definitely one of the greater baseball moment, moments I've had, even though it hasn't been playing, but, I mean, you need that, uh, you need that, um, that draft day or you need to get drafted in order to pursue like your dream of playing professional baseball. And that's, that's a huge part about getting started. And it, it was a very, very memorable day. And, and I'm really happy. It was, it was very, it was amazing. And, and as you say, that's the, that's your foot in the door. That's your first step on this, uh, this journey to make it to the major leagues. And it's got to begin somewhere. And that's mm-hmm. where it started. Yes. And uh, so the Mets assigned you to Brooklyn. You uh, mm-hmm. came to the Cyclones. Now you had um, you had the oddity, if you will, of playing uh, with a lot of collegiate guys on the Cyclones last year. The Mets went uh, heavily drafted mm-hmm. the collegiate guys. So um, was there any guys you were familiar with, or you've you've played against and you knew briefly? And, and did that make yeah. the transition better? Yeah, um, I played. I played. Uh, I mean, being in in the college game, like you you playing college baseball, like you watch a lot of guys. Um, a lot of guys play on TV, and also like in the summer, you play a lot against a lot of uh, different people in the mm-hmm. summer leagues. Like um, I played against Justin Dunn in the Cape Cod League, um, Gene Cone. I Gene Cone, Blake Tiberi, um I was familiar with, um, let me think, Jay Jabs, another another guy I played against mm-hmm. in the Cape. Um, yeah. Tom Stapucky, who was a uh, Florida commit, uh, like he, he was around for a visit, a couple visits. Um, so me and him were familiar because he was in Brooklyn last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dez Lindsey, uh, another Florida guy. Um, he's right down the road, like 60 minutes away in Sarasota. And Brandon Brozier, uh, Spring Hill, but I mean, that's kind of like a part of the greater Tampa area. So there's a, there's a lot of people that I was familiar with. And because like, it was like a college, I guess like a college heavy draft. Um, a lot of us were on the same page on the field and we had good chemistry, um, because there's a lot of kids that, um, that kids that come from college, like they have, uh, really like they have some uh they got some good baseball smarts and they know the game well and and you can be on the same page as everybody which is nice and i would imagine the, the culture shock of going into professional ball having guys around you your same age and and uh you know mm-hmm. basically that you you knew some of them and everything like that it must have made the transition easier yeah um 
Brooklyn, it, it was a, like, I, I had a, a lot of really good teammates. Like we, um, like, I mean, we, we were like, I, I appreciated everyone just, um, like on that team, it was a great group of guys. And like, I thought like it, it really stunk because like at the end of the, like in August, like when I broke my, uh, when I broke my pinky, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, like it stunk because I, I wanted to, I wanted to be there with them. Like, I mean, or like, there was definitely like a, like a good team mentality. And, and, uh, I mean, I got nothing but good things to say. I mean, I mean, for the most, like for the most part, this is just my opinion, but, um, I thought that we were, uh, like, um, regarding chemistry wise, I thought we were pretty good. And you come into this year, and uh, oddly enough, you you broke the same. Was it the same pinky again, or no? It was uh, it was my fourth metacarpal, so it was in my hand, not mm-hmm. one of my fingers. Okay. But it was it was frustrating. Uh, like I think it was like the fifth or sixth game. It was it was extremely extremely frustrating. Um, like it it's it was freak freak thing but i mean it's nothing i mean i'm still i'm still a little little angry about it i mean it's inconvenient and i don't like getting hurt i mean no one likes getting hurt like because it's just like time taken away that you wish you could be playing so you got off uh you had this injury to start the season you got off to a really slow start and yeah. then, uh, then you picked it up, and really, uh, in July, you were the Florida State Player of the Month, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, really ended up uh, in Binghamton with the Double A team, and and had some put up some good numbers again this season with the combined teams. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, did you do anything special when you came up? Because you were struggling when you were when you uh, came back from the injury, and. Uh, did you work on anything special and to get your stroke back? Yeah, um, everything. I just needed to simplify everything. The biggest part, biggest part for me was trying to do too much uh, coming back because I missed too much time, putting pressure on myself. Like, all right, like I gotta, I gotta catch up with everybody else because, like, they like in all the like hits, RBIs, home runs. Like, people were ahead of me, and I wanted to, I wanted to do well. And I mean, anyone coming back from an injury wants to hit the ground running, but I, I had very unrealistic expectations of myself. Um, and, and I try, I pressed too hard. I was, I was pressing and it was, I, it, it was a bad start. I think it was like, a, I was at 150 at some point, but I mean, like it was, it was kind of like, people were giving me like weird looks and it's like, Oh shit. Like not again, excuse my language. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, it was really, it was really tough because it, I felt, I felt uncomfortable and it's just like this, just like pressure that I kept putting on, on myself. It was just like, I, I, I was, I was my, I was my worst enemy mm-hmm. and just getting snapping out of it. I think uh, after after the All Star break, it was just like fresh mind and uh, one of the biggest parts about like all right, fresh mind. You got a new season right now. Like first half, just just punt it. Like just just let it go. And then after after that three day All Star break, then came back and like I had I had I clear, cleared some 
cleared my head. Like I had a clear head space and I was thinking, thinking properly. And I feel like that, like this, this season learning how to deal with like that sort of adversity, just doing so bad and then coming back and making something like great because this, I, I'm not trying to like sound arrogant or anything, but I, I'm super proud of myself because like, I don't think anyone has started at 150 over with a hundred plus at bats. Like usually they end up with a bad season and like, it was a tough hole to climb out of. And like I had a, I mean, I'm not saying that it was all me, but I had some great, great instruction from uh, my hitting coach, Louis Natera and my manager, Chad Cruder. Like they, like they worked with me like constantly. And like, I got to tip my, my hat off to them because they, like they were, they, they were always there to help. Their doors were open and like, it was, it was a great experience working with them because they gave me like the, helped me stay in the environment to succeed instead of like, just say like, Oh, like kids are lost cause, like go get them next year. Right. It's like, no, like you gotta, you gotta build, like just get one at a time. And then one thing that, um, one of my teammates said to me, uh, when I was struggling was, uh, Johnny Magliosi actually said this. He's like, Hey Pete, you can't hit 300 overnight. And that's, that's so true mm-hmm. because it's, it's a long season and you, and you just have to stick with it. Like you have to continue and persevere through it. And like what he said was, was right. And I mean, that's still, and that, that advice has, has, has stuck with me. Now this year as well, uh, before you got to that point, you did get uh, an invite to the spring training, to the Mets spring training mm-hmm. camp, and uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about how that was. What was like being in the locker room with the uh, major league guys, and and uh, did you pick anybody's brains to get some good information? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, like I talked to anyone I could. Um, I talked to. Uh, I, I mean, as soon as I got up there, like my, I was kind of, I was very overwhelmed. Like, cause you, you see these, all these guys that you like guys like Cespedes, Granderson, like Bruce, mm-hmm. David Wright, mm-hmm. uh, that you just watch on TV that you hear about constantly. And, and what I learned is that all these, every single one of these guys is, is a real person because what some people don't realize is that, like oh like they're a professional baseball player like some people only like see them as like athletes or they see what they do on the field and it was it was it was kind of like an eye opener to me because like they're like they're just normal human beings like they're like they're actual people with personality and like in feelings and it was it was great to like like talk about like talk about it was mostly about like handling failure like um like Duda was fantastic when he was rehabbing. Like me, I mean, him talked for probably about 15 minutes, just about just, just grind, just grinding it out and just making the best out of like any sort of situation. Um, I talked to Duda, like Conforto was, was good. Um, Brandon Nimmo, like he, like he was awesome guy. Cabrera, um, he's fantastic guy. Um, like there's so many, and also like, there's so many guys that like came back through, like it's unfortunate that they were hurting on like rehab assignment, mm-hmm. 
but it's like you got to you got to have one on one time and like ask ask questions and and like they're and they're there and they're willing to help you because they were there at some point in their career and they understand like that they're that they're trying to get that like they were just like like they were just like me at one point like right. just a kid like just trying to make it and like it it's very much appreciated that they're willing to share like information or tips or or anything just i mean anything it's possible like it's it's most much appreciated for me and like it's and um i mean curtis granderson he's a fantastic guy like i've like i i've texted him every now and then and he responds like he's not like big league or anything like mm-hmm. he's he's just a great guy and like it's like it's just awesome to see well, that's great to hear, uh, you know, and as you say, they, they were you. They were there when at one point in their life as well, and now uh, they're passing on that information to you. And, and talking about guys you played with, you got to play with uh, Tim Tebow this season at mm-hmm. Port St. Lucie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, everybody says it was a little bit of a circus and whatnot. Um, uh, what was it like playing uh, – be, bigger crowds and and uh just the whole thing with the whole Tebow mania going on what was that like well the Florida State League doesn't really draw that well um but as soon as Tim came like it was like sellouts all over the place it was fun like um like he's a good guy good teammate um and like it's it was fun like I know like all like football aside like it's kind of the same thing I was talking about like he's like he's he's just he's a guy like he's a normal like human being he's a person and like he's like great guy great teammate like super super genuine and like um like i i got no problems with the guy like he's he was it was great um like being teammates with him and i mean I, i i wish him the best like he's he's done a really good job because from I played with him uh, last instructs, and from then to now, like he's gotten better. I got to tip my cap to him. Like he's he's gotten better from mm-hmm. when like from day one to uh, to now after his first full season, he's he's improved. And you got like when there's improvement, you got to tip your cap. Well, he traditionally is known as a hard worker, and he said he was going to put the the work in for this, and apparently he has. Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah, um, I mean, he's. I'm. I'm happy that he's. He's. He's chasing a dream. Like he's. He's just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Like going after, something, something that he that he wants to do. And like that's again. Like I can't. I can't speak out against that. I mean, you can't really speak. I mean, yeah, he's had critics and stuff like that. But I. I do respect him. Like. Like having. Like having the courage to. To go just to go do it. Just to put himself out there. And I mean, a lot of people I can say like, Oh, like he loved football first or, Oh, like he's like, it's, it's like for money. Like, cause people do, but like, he's putting himself out there and like a lot of people are afraid to do that. And like, I mean, he's like in that, in that aspect for chasing of chasing for what you want or like pursuing a dream. Like, I think that's, like a perfect, like a perfect, like analogy or perfect, like situation for someone to like look at and just say, wow, like this, this should, 
this should speak to me. And like, hopefully I, like if there's something that you want to do, then go do it. Like you should, if you're passionate, passionate enough about it, you go on, you know? Yeah. Without a doubt. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot to lose too. He's got a lot of, uh, the criticism never seems to bother him. He seems to be well-rounded and level-headed enough that, uh, because he gets attacked sometimes for the most stupidest things, and and uh, I guess it's just the society that we have right now. And uh, um, but uh, I know he does a lot of good, you know, off the field as well as on the mm-hmm. field. And uh, uh, you know, wish him all the luck in the world. He, he he's doing it. He's not taking a shortcut, and uh, he's working hard at it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, and. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I apologize. No. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing I was going to say, like one thing that in addition to the off-field stuff, like when we were in uh, Kissimmee mm-hmm. uh, playing the Fire Frogs, like uh, we went, like not like Tim kind of organized uh, this one little like special day before he we went to the field. It was like a community service thing. It was like the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And, um, we got to see some kids with special needs and, it was super rewarding, like being able to being able to see those kids and make their day a little bit better. So that's one thing. Like, just want to add in because, like, that that is one thing that I mean, it's it's not about. I mean, it's not about like yeah. At the end, like people do certain things like to better themselves, but it's about how you impact other people. So, I mean. So that that was that was really cool. And that's great. Um... You know, I, I know in the miners they do a lot of that. You do a lot of that, and uh, that's uh, uh, really a great thing for the communities to have the players that uh, that are there. You know, care that much to uh, mm-hmm. to help out. Now, so you went to Binghamton, uh, played some double A ball, and you were in a pennant race there, so to speak, a playoff race. Uh, what was mm-hmm. that like being in a playoff race for the first time? I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a blast. Like that was. <laughs> Like again, like that that team was was probably the one of the best teams I've played with regarding chemistry, being on the same page, and and just just caring and and wanting and just wanting to wanting to win. Like everyone was hungry, and it it was it was fun. It was a blast, and I mean I was just happy to be a part of it. Like I got called up, and um, and then my first game, couple games were in Portland, mm-hmm. and um, we were. Uh, we were supposed to, like, we were supposed to clinch. If we won a game, and then like we would clinch. And uh, well, we didn't win, but the other team lost. Uh, someone else lost. I think Reading it was lost. So we clinched, and like being having like the second or third day up there, like champagne shower to go to the playoffs. Like that's like the best time in the world. <laughs> like that was super fun. Like just being able to do that and and enjoy. And enjoy that with everybody. I know, and everyone welcomed me too, which was fantastic. Like they, like they welcomed me, accepted me. Like, cause I mean, it's like, oh, who's this guy? Like coming in, like last two weeks of the last two three weeks of the season. Like, so I was really, I was really happy that everyone was was really cool and welcoming. And I, I mean, it was it was a fan, it was a fun time. Like I. Like I, I love playing up there. Like so, next year from there, it should be should be fun. And any idea what the plan for next year will be for you? 
Um, maybe, probably, I I can't say for sure because only only the Mets know. But if I had to take a gander at it, it would probably I would probably be in Binghamton next year. Okay, and probably if you do it well, it'd move you to Vegas from there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, who knows? Like, if if I just if I tear it up, then who knows where I'll be? That's right. You could be in Queens. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, that's. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal, and ne- next year is going to be a, a really huge year for me. Just like proving the people that believe in me right, and proving the, the people that, like, I guess doubt me, like, wrong. So. Proving the people that believe, right? And the doubter's wrong. That's and right. That's, that's all I want to do. And how did you find the transition from the Florida State League to double-A ball? What Did you notice a big difference at all? Yeah. Um, a lot of – all the pitchers, for the most part, are, are around the plate. Um, they All the pitchers – like the command is, is plus pretty much – pretty much around the board and, and pitchers can manipulate the ball a little bit, like more right on right changeups and cutters and then being able to command the slider curveball and then being able to sink it sink. I mean, a lot of the pitchers, they, they're very, very polished and they can manipulate the ball and uh, sink it, slide it, change it up like whenever, um, which is, which is fine. Like, and, um, but that I guess it's I'm not I guess fearing for my life like I was in like in the Florida State League sometimes because I mean that league is a fireball league. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's like the the Detroit Tigers like there's just like everyone on that team throws 97 plus. It is <laughs> unbelievable. And I don't know. It's just sometimes like the like that's kind of where like high A like in the Florida State League that's kind of mm-hmm. where the beat people with fastball like they're they're more like there's a lot of talented talented players in the Florida State League like I'm not knocking them it's just that in order to make it to double a like I guess you need to be a little bit more polished and have know-how on how to pitch Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of that was kind of like the, the huge difference for me and now there are reports in New York that the Mets uh are working with you and they want you to go you're in Florida and they wanted you to work on your defense at first base. Uh, is that yes, what sir. you're doing right now? And how's that going along? Well, um, I, in, uh, instructional league is over. Uh, it ended last Friday and I was there for three or four weeks and I thought it was extremely, extremely productive. Um, all the staff, uh, Tim Telfoli, the infield coordinator, he, helped help me out um, tremendously. And he, what he basically did was just kind of just clean everything and just help me be more polished. And um, I'm looking forward to coming to spring training and, and, and showing that off. Cause like right now, um, like I'm just trying to, trying to chisel up and get in the best shape of my life uh, going into next spring. Like that's the goal. And I, uh, take as much ground balls as I can before, before camp and, and just ready to just ready to go. So, I mean, I just want to prepare myself, prepare my body and, 
be in the best possible shape to have the best year, best year I can next year, best year of my life, hopefully. And we hope that you uh, have the best year of your life and, and, uh, Hopefully you'll get to Queens real soon and we'll get to see you there. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on, Peter, and uh, good luck in 2018. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you again for having me on, and I hope the the listeners enjoyed it. And I can't thank you enough. Oh. Go Mets. Let's go Mets. <laughs> anytime, anytime. And I'll be back right after this. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftal, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. It always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And I'm back, and I hope you enjoyed that interview with Peter Alonzo, now Pete. Uh, it was a big thrill to get him at that time. And he really wasn't on too much radar. He was just starting to come into his own in the minors and starting to get some publicity. We were fortunate enough to make contact with him and get him on the show. Going to try to get him on again, but it's tough now. Now that he's a big name, you know, it's not, uh, not so easy. But I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank you for listening to this special encore edition of Mets Musings. And remember to uh, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, wherever you may listen to it. Uh, Hit the subscribe button. It helps me grow the show and reach new listeners. And until next time, remember, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets.